and welcome to Reflector Life, the podcast. I'm here to share stories, answer frequently asked questions about being a reflector in the human design system and about human design in general, as well as to talk about what's going on right now. And occasionally, we'll have a guest on to share as well. Thanks so much for being here. I'm your host, Amanda Prichelle, and this is a sliver of the experience of being human. Amplified. Hello everyone and welcome back. Today I am all cozy in my living room. I have blankets. I have lit a candle. Just wanted to set the mood to be a little more romantic than usual for myself because today's episode is all about relationships for reflectors. So I'm going to be focusing primarily today on romantic relationships because that's a question that I get a lot. You know, how do I do this as a reflector? How do I love someone? How can they love me? Um, I also have people popping into my DMs who are asking about their reflector partner, which I love because you're out there trying to understand So, love to see all of that. And I just want to say that I am an expert on me, and I'm an expert of my own life. I'm not necessarily an expert on your life. You are the expert on you, so if anything I say about relationships doesn't work for you, that's fine. Trust yourself. Trust your form that's here moving around on earth. You know you. And any answer that you're looking for about relationships in your life is already inside of you. And I hope that this episode helps you, you know, kind of think a little bit, think in a different way, maybe something is sparked in your body that says, "Mm, I recognize that as a truth that I can apply to my own life. But yeah, ultimately, it's all you and your experiment. And it's never going to be perfect. Relationships with other humans are never going to be perfect. So also, you know, there are 8 billion people on this planet which means there are about 80 million reflectors, which means that there are about 80 million ways to be a reflector, okay? (laughs) So there's no one way, um, and really there are no rules. If you have rules, they're probably coming from some, you know, outside source. You know, rules that say my relationships need to be like this, or I should do this, or I have to do A, B, or C. I have to have this kind of partner. I shouldn't date that person. Take a look at those kinds of beliefs that you have, because there are no rules, really. There's only the the guiding force of your body leading you through this world, And sometimes that can get really messy because if you've been living out your conditioning for so long, 
maybe you are realizing, oh my gosh, I have to change things in my life that are really, really uncomfortable to change. And maybe you do that or maybe you don't take action on that. But one of the, I think, most difficult things about human design or about living your experiment, I think, is is navigating relationships that you had kind of from the past or before. And sometimes when you start to discover who you are, you start to grow or shed, perhaps, you find relationships that you used to have, you know, relationships that you began um, based on a premise of a version of you that isn't really you. Um, Sometimes those relationships start to fall away and that can be really, really difficult. It can be really painful and confusing and it's hard to know what to do in those situations but again your body knows Uh, any any answer that you're seeking can be found for yourself so again I hope this episode helps yeah spark some some truth in your body if you have a question that you're hoping to have answered um i hope that it provides some yeah contemplative points of reference to to sit with for a while and you know decide for yourself if if it's something that you want to apply to your life or not uh i put out a question on Instagram and this question was yeah do you have any questions about relationships basically romantic relationships and I got a lot of responses so I took every one of those responses and put them into a document and I kind of put the ones you know a lot of them are very similar which tells me that a lot of us are looking for answers to the same questions Um, A lot of us are curious about the same kinds of things when it comes to relationships. So uh, I'm going to go through those questions and we'll see how, we'll see what happens because I, I don't really prepare too much for these episodes. It's not really correct for me to be really, um, yeah, like strategic and planned out about how I do things. So it's always fun to see where, where things go, where the flow will take me. So let's get into the questions. First question, what is the most important thing to have your partner know about you being a reflector? Hmm. A similar question from not a reflector, but someone who says, I love one, I love a reflector and I want to love them exactly how they need to be loved. Beautiful. Love it. So the reflector partner needs time and space. Like number one, most important thing, we need time and space. We need time to make decisions. We need time to process. We need space to be away from you sometimes. We need 
that space because otherwise we might start to think we are you and we're not you <laughs> and uh it's it's really important to to be alone to let go of the other person and sometimes a relationship with a reflector can be it can be a, a little bit uh y- you might look at them and you might see yourself so you know about the mirror analogy of course so if you are someone who has a reflector partner please take a look at yourself please uh, know yourself and take care of yourself in all of the ways right physically mentally uh, emotionally take care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself uh the reflector in the relationship is going to reflect that. A lot of what happens when a reflector is in a relationship with another type uh, is that we really, uh, we start to, we, we, we can start to overly identify with this identity of the other person. So, you know, let's just say that, um, I'll use myself as an example. My partner is emotional and has a defined ego. So, you know, among other things, but I'll just start with that example. I love being around him. Um, I also have a totally open spleen, no activations, and uh, he has a defined spleen feels really good. It feels safe. It is so hard for me sometimes to take space from him because I'm like, no, 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 I don't need it. I don't want it. I like being around this. Well, of course I do. Of course, I love like amplifying that ego energy. Um, You know, the emotional energy is really intense. And sometimes it's like when I'm not in that anymore, I'm like, whoa, I'm so, like, neutral. (laughs) And, yeah, there can be this, um, this, this attachment and identification with the other person's definition that can happen to the reflector in the relationship. So I would say as the reflector, it's really important to identify that, to notice it, to start to observe it, and then to take time for yourself, take space for yourself. And if you are not a reflector, but you're in a partnership with a reflector, uh, also, you know, sometimes maybe you need to be the one to to take the space for your for your own sake, because um, we can be a lot to be around too, right? Always amplifying you all the time. <laughs> I can only imagine. So, uh, yeah, time and space. Also. If you love a reflector, please listen to them. Please listen to them talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> because reflectors need to talk about their decisions over the course of their lunar cycle. And sometimes we will talk about the same thing every day 
over and over and over again. And by the end of the month, the answer to the question might just fall right out of our mouths and we'll hear it. It sort of like bounces off of you and, and comes, you know, you're like a soundboard for us. So you don't necessarily need to, need to, um, give advice to offer opinions or anything like that. You, you can, if, if your reflector partner is, you know, looking for that, but we really need someone to listen. Um, and if, if you are not that one, you know, you also need to take care of yourself. So if you're not able to hold that space, maybe suggest to your reflector partner that they find a therapist, that they talk to a friend. Um, sometimes I also use voice notes, um, because, you can't expect someone to be willing to listen to you like all day, every day, just talking. Um, but it's super helpful if you listen to us once in a while. <laughs> um, knowing this one's for you if you have a reflector partner. Uh, knowing that we're going to be different every day is important. We have a cycle that repeats itself over and over and over again, month to month, but from day to day, like on day one and day two and day seven, we might be like completely different. And this is fine. This is correct for us. We are here to really embody that, that lunar cycle to embody the transits, to embody the program, to not hold on to it, but to let it pass through us as it, as it comes, basically, day by day. So that's going to bring a lot of variability in the way that we show up in the relationship. But hey, <laughs> this can be exciting. Sometimes I joke with my partner, like, congratulations, you have a new woman every day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, those are some things that are kind of right off the top of my head. Um, I think a really big one for like long-term relationships to work and to last. I know that I cannot be in a relationship with someone who is lying to themselves, who is is unwilling to look at themselves, to examine themselves, to see where they're really caught up in, you know, this form of conditioning or that form of conditioning. I'm not able to be in relationship with someone who's not willing to be open to feedback uh, and, and be willing to, yeah, dig deep into what's going on in themselves. Um, it is impossible at this point in my life for me to maintain a relationship like that. I will not stay if it's like that. Um, so be willing to hear what your reflector partner has to say. Um, be willing to trust them enough that they they have your best interests in mind. And reflectors, you know, take a deep breath. <laughs> we can be really intense for people. We can be really intense. 
um, and, you know, your partner might feel judged by you sometimes. Um, so, you know, you don't have to lay it on them all at once. <laughs> uh, and there, there really never is going to be that perfect, perfect partner. And, um, there's always going to be something that's, you know, there to, to look at because we're all human and none of us are immune from the human condition. (laughs) So reflectors looking for perfection, please keep that in mind. Um, I am on the cross of Eden and a reflector, so I know this very well, this looking for the perfect thing, um, looking for the thing that, yeah, it's like finally going to be the perfect thing. (laughs) Um, Relationships can be really difficult sometimes, and that doesn't mean that they're not correct. So keep that in mind. to the next question. Do you go to bed an hour before your partner so you can have your downtime? Uh, So the sleep conversation is always an interesting one to have. You may have heard in human design that it is recommended or I should say encouraged to sleep separately from your partner. And I personally think this is a great idea. There's a lot of conditioning around sleep when it comes to relationships. Sometimes if you live with your person, you may find other people being shocked if you don't share a bed or don't share a bedroom or yeah, just don't sleep together all the time. They might feel like, oh, is something wrong with the relationship? And if you have tried this, you might feel like, no, the relationship is better than ever because we sleep separately. Um, I'm certainly not suggesting that, you know, this is like, you have to do this a hundred percent of the, of the time. Um, I don't sleep apart from my partner a hundred percent of the time. I think that it is important if you're not sleeping separately from your partner to, have that like downtime, that alone time throughout the day, or even like have like a slightly staggered like sleep and wake schedule so that like you at least have some time alone. Um, or yeah, just have having that time during the day. I think that, um, it's definitely worth and worth a try, worth experimenting with, um, in my experience. I sleep really well when I sleep alone. So um, try it out. See how it goes for you. Uh, And play with, you know, the question was, do you go to bed an hour before your partner? Uh, There's no, like, rules about, you know, what you have to do. So play with different things. Go to bed an hour before your partner. Go uh, sleep in, you know, three hours longer than your partner. (laughs) Um, Try sleeping alone if you have a spare bed. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of things you can try there to 
just play with it, see what feels good, and recognize and identify the areas in which you have conditioning around sleep, like societal conditioning that tells you that there's something wrong with you if you sleep separately or things like that, because why? (laughs) If you can have the space to yourself, you can come together like even stronger than before, I think. So um, try it out if you want to and see how it feels. It's an experiment. Um, And it's really meant to to help you out so um if it doesn't you know feel necessary to you okay then 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 let it go um but I actually do think that it is really beneficial to everyone to at least try this out if you can okay another question I got was how can a reflector man keep up with a generator woman energy wise and a similar question How can I find balance between rest and activity with a manifesting generator husband? Okay, so that sacral energy can be super intense. Okay, when I'm around defined sacral people, like I'm faster than them. I'm like, I'm more into, like I am, you know, reflecting it back. So uh, I think that it's important to remember that any sacral energy that you feel, you feel that intensely, you amplify it, um, but it's ultimately not yours. So if you try to keep up, you might burn out. And it's important for your partner to know that you're just not designed the way that they're designed to have this consistency in how they are energized. So that's that's kind of it for that like I think that practically speaking you know just having a conversation about and I don't know if these um if your partners those of you who ask this question are open to having a human design conversation that can make it easier but I think even if they're not open to human design or not open to talking about you know you being a reflector and and them being a generator there are other ways you can have that conversation. Uh, like I'm just built differently than you. I need more rest. You need, you know, you need more, um, activity perhaps. Um, and of course every generator is also very, very different. So one generator might have like seven centers defined and another might have only two and they're going to feel very different to you. So it, it really depends. And, and will be different for every person. Um, I think as the reflector in this relationship, it's really important for you to take space so that you can remember who you are, <laughs> um, so that you can feel what it feels like to just be in your own aura without that sacral energy um, kind of lighting you up and and making you feel all of those intense feelings. Um yeah, it can be really fun. I love I love being around generators who are really satisfied. Um, so, you know, if your partner is frustrated, it might feel difficult to, yeah, to be, like, there. Like, if they're frustrated in general in life, like, long-term frustration, um, you might take on some of that and feel that in your body. Um, that can be really intense, but a, um, a generator who is, for the most part, 
pretty satisfied and and doing what feels really good to them um, can feel really good uh, to be in a relationship with. So there's a lot of variability there, but I hope that is a little helpful. And, and I think just the key thing there is having alone time. I would really recommend um, sleeping separately at least some of the time um, if you have a sacredly defined partner. I know that I always had a very, very hard time sleeping next to a generator. Um, so yeah, get some space where you can, uh, and take care of yourself and don't try to keep up because you will sometimes be moving way faster than your generator partner. And you will sometimes be like, I absolutely cannot today. So that's fine. Um, there doesn't have to be that consistency there because you're not really designed to be consistent in terms of energy. Next question. Um, how do I approach dating? Should I try online dating or should I wait for surprise in real life? Ooh, so fun. Um, so <laughs> how do I answer this? There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Um, I think when it comes to online dating, it's really interesting because I think anyone can online date. Um, I think something like, I don't know, Bumble, um, if you're like in a heterosexual Bumble situation where like the male person has to say something first. Um, if you're like a projector female who is heterosexual, you might, that might work really well for you. Um, if you're a reflector who is like looking to date, I think it's just important if you're, if you're dating online, not to like push too hard, like not to try to initiate too much, uh, really not to initiate at all. You can make your little um, page, the the dating profile, and see who comes to you and see what you are initiated into. So I don't think that online dating is off limits. I think that's the world that we live in is so digital. I think that can be a great way to meet people. Um, personally, I had the worst time online dating. <laughs> um, but I think I just was in a place where there were a lot of like people kind of transiting through. It was like a tourist destination. Um, so it was kind of rough for me personally. Um, online dating as a person who like now I, I live somewhere, I have a partner and whatnot. But when I was online dating, I, I didn't like live anywhere. And people were like, what? I don't understand your lifestyle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it was, it was really interesting. Um, and then you said, oh, yeah, or should I wait for a surprise in real life? I say be open to it all. Like if, if you, you know that you want to be in a relationship, I think it's okay to just acknowledge that for yourself and then to really surrender and to wait for life to surprise you. So maybe life surprises you because you have a dating profile up or you, you know, have a few photos and you talk about yourself a little bit and someone 
asks you out, um, uh, and maybe you're walking down the street and something pulls you in a different direction than you normally went and you end up finding this cute little cafe and you go in and you strike up a conversation with someone and you fall in love. (laughs) You really never know how it's going to happen. Um, yeah, there is so much potential for being surprised when it comes to relationships. And so I guess my best advice is to surrender And there is no right or wrong when it comes to online dating versus, uh, you know, waiting to meet someone and be surprised in real life. It's, it's all about how you do it. It's not about what you do. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that, hopefully that is helpful. Okay. There were a lot of questions about like, what do I do when my partner's feelings feel like my own, um, practical tips to be able to love and share, but at the same time, quote, protect yourself, how not to take on your partner's stuff as your own. Um, I struggle to be seen in relationships with defined sacral partners and how to trust and how to know when a person is more right than wrong for you. Ooh, I feel that one because it is hard to trust uh, when we can see so much uh, and, and, and we, we can be so disappointed like because we can see someone's potential and then literally no one is living up to their full potential because we're human beings, um, reflectors included. But, um, yeah, knowing, like, what is the balance there? What is the balance between knowing that everyone's human and knowing when this particular person is just not, not good for you, not right for you, and it's time to leave. And ultimately your body will know, your body will tell you the answer in time. Your mind might try to convince you of, you know, might, might try to convince you otherwise. Like if your body is like, no, like this is not the relationship for me. I need to get out of this relationship. Um, and your mind is like, well, you know, maybe we'll stay together because of this. Maybe we'll, you know, it's kind of like excuses. I think the mind speaks to us a lot in, in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like convincing statements, like trying, it's trying to convince you. It's kind of like a bit of desperation. You might be trying to prove something. There might be some, you know, ego stuff there where you're like trying to prove that you can make it and you can push through. Um, there's a lot of reasons why people stay in relationships that aren't good for them. I'm not here to judge that. I'm here to just say that it is okay to leave when it's time to leave. What is right for you will always be right for the other person, even if they don't know it yet. So trust that. Trust that that um, that feeling in your body. I, I talk about feelings a lot. I'm feelings cognition, um, but trust your body, your senses, your 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 form. 
if you have identified a lot of your own, you know, conditioning and, and you, you have, I guess, as a reflector, stopped identifying with what's always passing through you and just noticing it, you'll kind of start to get in tune with your body. You will start to get like really familiar with your body telling you no and your body telling you yes and your body pulling away and you know all of these kinds of things that our body does to give us information um practical tips to be able to love and share but at the same time protect yourself so i'm going to say like um in terms of protection or the word protection like i think that it's important to know that we we aren't necessarily more vulnerable than anyone else because actually we have an aura that's pretty hard to break into. Like we're always sampling this, sampling that, sampling this, sampling that. And it, you know, it's like a mirror. It's like a mirror to the transits. It's like a mirror to the other. And when the other looks at us, it's like hard for them to get in. So in terms of protection, like, you know, I think (laughs) I'm thinking about this because there's so many like scam, like Instagram accounts going around right now who are like, there's a bad energy trying to attack you and you need to protect yourself, you know, as if some force can invade your space and attack you. Now, is this possible? Maybe, yes, I'm open to anything being possible. But I think that also, uh, in my opinion, in my life, I just really believe that, um, that reflectors are here to be with every, every aspect of being human. The ones that appear to be darker, the ones that appear to be, um, you know, lighter, so to speak quote-unquote light um there's never any excuse for abuse never 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 so if you are in an abusive situation you absolutely need to protect yourself by getting out if you are kind of in a space where you're feeling confused because you're with that person a lot and and you're like, you know, this doesn't feel right. Something's off here. Like, is this abuse? Um, I really recommend you talk to a therapist. I really recommend that you get out of that space for a little while in order to kind of come to your center, so to speak, like to get back in tune with just what it feels like to be in your own aura. Um, because things can get confusing if you are in the aura of that person so much. Um, but in situations that are not abusive, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions like, well, how do I know what's me and what's not me? Well, (laughs) most things that you're feeling, most things that are kind of passing through you, like they're not, they're not you. Um, And when you're in a relationship, like I said before, I consider relationships to be like environments. And so if 
you know, you're feeling this or you're feeling that in an environment, it might be because of your partner, because you have this ability to reflect what's going on with them. And then also, you know, sometimes it's not your partner. Sometimes it's a transit. So (laughs) there's also an invitation here to not blame your partner. If you're feeling low, it might not be your partner. It might be the moon in, you know, sometimes, you know, when the moon is in a gate 35, I have gate 36. I have that emotional channel. It can feel really intense, you know, or if the moon is in another, like, I have a lot of um, potential channel activations in my emotional solar plexus. So when the moon is kind of moving through there, um, yeah, I feel a lot. And it's probably got nothing to do with my partner. It probably has a lot to do with, with the moon. So that's something to keep in mind, too. Um, hmm. Taking time and space for yourself again. I'll just keep repeating that over and over again. When you're not sure if something is, you know, your own body giving you information or if you're reflecting another person, take some space for yourself. Take some time for yourself. Really, really important. Um, and, And begin to really observe what's going on. So, for example, I'm going to use myself as an example. Um, so I, I'm going to just walk you through a day, a day in the life of me. (laughs) Um, I need a lot of alone time. Okay. I'm a reflector, so I need a lot of alone time, but I'm also a second line. My profile is a two, four. Um, I have a lot of gates in my chart that suggest that I like alone time, which is very true. (laughs) Um, so I really benefit from alone time. So in the morning, uh, when I, when I share a bed with my partner, I, I tend to stay in bed longer and I just lay there and I let myself be there for a while. And I let myself be in my own aura and notice how I'm feeling. I just check in with myself you know, it's, it's not like a traditional meditation, I guess, because I'm just like, I wake up very slowly. I lay there for like, you know, it could be five minutes or it could be an hour depending on the day. And I feel how I'm feeling, what's going on in my body. You know, it kind of takes some time to process my dreams that I've had the night before. I, um, you know, just kind of feel, I feel I feel me, I feel what's not me moving through me. Um, That's a really important and sacred time for me that I, honestly, I don't really think about it. Um, But it is, I guess it is a a sort of meditation with myself. Um, Yeah, I go throughout my day sometimes. Uh, My partner stays home from the office. Sometimes he goes to work. Uh, If he's been home, like for too many days in a row. I don't want to say too many because uh, I could also leave the house if I really wanted to. But um, sometimes I, I need to ask for time on my own. Uh, and it's kind of hard to do that because we can get like really attached to the other person. And and actually one of the, one of the, like the sign posts that 
like is an alert alert for me to know that I need to spend time alone is when I'm like really clingy and I'm like hanging off of my partner. I'm like, uh, I like, don't go away from me. Like you're in the other room. Like I'm going to come in there and like be with you. Um, that's kind of when I know that I've, it's, it's like almost like I've had like, I I've developed this like addictiveness to his definition and I want to be around it. And so I like get kind of clingy. And, and when I notice that happening, I know that, um, that I need to spend some time alone. So notice yourself and what, what's going on for you and what, um, what is a sign or a signal that can tell you, Hey, it's time to take a step back and to be with myself and to kind of let the other things pass through so that you can, again, know what it feels like to just be that neutral you underneath like all of those layers of like the other person's everything. (laughs) Um, and also know that your openness is your strength and it is the gift that you will offer your partner. So, you know, sometimes you will be like reflecting some way that they're feeling and that gives you some space to talk about like, Hey, I'm feeling kind of like this, but I think it's not me. Um, is anything going on with you? Um, or, Hey, I'm feeling kind of sick, but I think it's not mine. Like, are you doing okay? Um, so that's a gift to be able to offer them too. And then you can both take some time apart. Um, cause that, that I think is going to be good for both of you. Um, but yeah, so learning to trust your body again, this is like always the thing that I come back to, cause this is what human design is ultimately about is to trust the form and to surrender, surrender to it and let it lead you wherever it will. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to move on from that. Uh, someone said, I haven't had a partner since finding out I'm a reflector. It feels harder to find someone. Hmm. I wonder if it's harder to find someone just because of the times that we live in. Um, the past few years have been weird. Uh, or if it feels harder to find someone because you know you're a reflector and you're really trying to honor your energy now, like trying to honor like your design, I should say, like who you are. Um, if that's the case, uh, I think this, this, uh, my answer to the, you know, should I try online dating or wait for surprise in real life? I don't know if you, uh, if you want a partner, it says it feels hard to find a partner. So I'm assuming that you are looking for someone, you know, you are looking for partnership. Um, I think that first and foremost, like really focus on loving yourself, loving all of the parts of yourself. Um, because what a gift you are, what a gift you are. (laughs) Um, and to be in relationship with you, uh, is going to be so beautiful and healing and just, yeah, it's going to be magic with, with the person who comes in to surprise you. Um, so yeah, (laughs) 
it it can be it can be really difficult i will say to find someone who like i mentioned in the beginning is willing to like look at themselves in a mirror and not hate you for the reflection of themselves so um honestly just lots of love to all of you reflectors out there who are yeah in that process of like kind of just waiting for life to surprise you with someone who um isn't projecting onto you um because that can be really difficult actually i was reading in the definitive book of human design and it says let me see here the extreme openness of reflectors can put them at the mercy of their partner's definition, making it easy for an element of narcissism to enter the relationship. Reflectors mirror and magnify their partner's definition back to them, so what the other person may see and may unwittingly fall in love with is their own reflection, not the reflector. Yeah, so I'll stop there. <laughs> Go check out that paragraph if you want to know more, but... Um, I also want to note narcissist is a term that's flying around the internet, uh, and narcissistic personality disorder is a real disorder. And I would say that most people are not, you know, they don't have that personality disorder, but they, but everyone has the potential to be narcissistic at times. So I don't know. I just... I would love everyone to be a little more careful with that word <laughs> um, because in a way it feels like it's lost its meaning. Uh, but anyway, in this case, it's kind of like what I was saying that, you know, sometimes people fall in love with themselves through you, but then once you start showing them these truths that are more uncomfortable about themselves, they're like, yeah, I'm out of here. I don't like this. Like, how dare you be this way? But really they're looking at themselves. Whew, yeah. I have been there. I have been there. And that is why it's, I think, really important to not be in a relationship with anyone who's going to be blaming you for their own issues. Uh, because that can happen with reflectors. Um, and also just, yeah, it can be hard because sometimes... You don't know if someone loves you or if they love like this reflection of themselves and they're like fascinated by their own reflection, which I've certainly also experienced in dating. Yeah, it's hard. And I think that uh, it's really a matter of like trusting your body again. So I'm going to have to like unpack trusting your body in an episode, I think, because I say it, we hear it a lot. And I'm like, well, like, how, how do I break that down? Because I know what that means. Like, I can feel the feeling of what that means. Um, and it's really difficult. It's really easy to say the words, trust your body, and really can be really difficult to, uh, to live that out. Um, so just making a mental note of that for myself. Uh, okay. What if your composite with your partner doesn't have any electromagnetic channels? Okay, interesting. That's kind of cool because it's kind of rare <laughs> to not even have one electromagnetic channel. Um, there are so many configurations for relationships 
and so many things that can be attractive to you that aren't necessarily like magnetic attractive, like electromagnetic attractive. So, uh, first of all, how does it feel to you? How does that relationship feel to you? Does it feel good to have that freedom? Because anytime I think this is my opinion, um, I'll just tell you for a little context. I've been in three long-term relationships, uh, like, like really long-term, like years long relationships. Um, first one was with, um, an emotional projector. We had, uh, six and three. The second one was with a generator. We had an eight and one and like, I think like six or seven electromagnetics, um, and third one was with an ego manifester and we were actually five and four and my current partner and I have a six and three composite so what I found when like kind of looking back at uh looking back at those relationships the relationship that I had with the with a like an eight and one and for anyone who doesn't know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about centers defined when you come together. There's something called a composite chart, which takes two charts, puts them together, and finds where there is attraction, um, where there is sameness or friendship, and finds where there's like, well, that's all I'm going to say for now. So um, it just tells you like, hey, like maybe, okay, so I have, um, I have gate. 23 and my partner has gate 43. So we have that electromagnetic, right? So anyway, uh, the relationship with the eight and one with a lot of electromagnetics was really, really tumultuous. It was like very intense and very like tumultuous. (laughs) So it was like on again, off again, on again, off again. Um, it was a very difficult relationship for a lot of really reasons. Um, And I think that it's important to remember that wherever there's attraction, there can also be repulsion. And I think that we forget that sometimes. So while the attraction can feel really good, the repulsion is like, you know, it's like the equal and opposite. So that's something interesting to keep in mind. Um, And it's just interesting that my other long-term relationships were like less um, like we had less, um, electromagnetics, but they were a lot more peaceful, man. (laughs) Uh, and, and with my current partner, we were a six and three. And what I've kind of realized in processing all of that is, um, how much I love freedom, how much I love to feel free um, and I think every, every kind of relationship has its place, has its benefits, have its, has its pros and cons. Um, but I love the feeling of freedom that, you know, the, the saying there's a raw lecture from like a Valentine's day lecture that he gave. And it's like six and three, the little tagline is six and three better to be free. And I'm like, yeah, it's better to be free. <laughs> Um, so I found that I really like the feeling of a relationship with a lot of like 
space. Um, and that's not to say that, like, I'm not attracted. Um, I very much am. And I'm very much, like, attracted to our friendship. So we have a lot of, we have a lot of the gates that are the same. Um, we have, uh, like, a harmonious profiles. He's a 5'1", I'm a 2'4". Um, yeah, he's guilt motivation and I'm hope motivation. They're very complimentary. So it's really, it really feels really good to me. Um, and he's also a person who's really willing to look at himself, really willing to examine himself. Um, and it just makes the relationship so nice. Um, so some people are more into that like tumultuous thing and that's fine. You know, they're like, yeah, when it's hot, it's hot. And then when it's not, it's like, yeah, we're, we're like literally repulsed by each other. Um, yeah, that can be fun. (laughs) Um, yeah, God, I was in, um, like a nine and O meaning like all centers were defined with someone for, it was like a short, like relationship, uh, less than, I think like it, it was only four months long, but it was like, so like, it was so intense and it was terrible. It was the worst thing, um, that I have ever experienced in like dating. Um, but I'll say that that was mostly because that person like was constantly lying to me like like lying by omission and lying just lying to himself like I think that if I asked him today like hey in hindsight like are you sorry that you lied to me so much um and I think he would say what I never lied to you because he's like he believes his own lies so much that, um, yeah, but we got like the, the point I'm trying to make here is like, I met him and we like locked in and it was like, really, it was a really strange experience for me because I don't know, as, as a reflector, it, 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 I don't know a lot of people that I have a nine and oh with. I can't think of anyone else like in my family uh, or friends that I know of that I have like all nine centers defined. Um, so intense. And like, uh, yeah, that's also a little lesson. And like, I, I got really sick during that relationship. And I think it's just because like so much lying cannot live in my body. Like so much, so many lies. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys, uh, now I'm like feeling like having story time. Um, fun fact, that guy like basically asked me to move in with him because I had COVID and I needed to move. I was living abroad and then he like left me for someone like he secretly started seeing someone because he like lied to her and told her well, I already had COVID, so I can come and take care of you. Wild stuff, you guys. So, uh, yeah. By the way, he never had COVID. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so moving on from that guy, um, I just laugh now because I'm like, what in the world? But I was so locked into that 9 and 0, um, I couldn't see clearly. It was not good for me. It was so not good for me. And I'm so thankful and, and grateful that, um, that I got out of that through his, you know, deciding that he was going <laughs> to move on to his next girl with COVID. Um, so anyway, uh, the next thing here that I see is how to plan or make sense of the future with a reflector. Mm, and another related question is how to honor strategy and authority as a reflector without seeming noncommittal and unconfident. Hmm. I think in general, planning what I've found in my life is the more plans I make, the more plans that fail. <laughs> um, I think that you w plans can be useful. Strategy is useful. And it can, we always have to understand that even, even with the best of intentions, with the best plans that seem so great, we... We can't always count on those plans to to follow through. So when you're thinking about the future with a reflector, um, I would actually say, hold up. Why are we thinking about the future? Because really what we have is now. We have here and now. And that's really important for a reflector to remember that like in the moment we need to be aware of how we're doing, you know, where we are. If we're, if we're making a big decision, we need to be aware of how we are in, um, in our decision-making process. Like how far along am I? Am I, you know, uh, making a big decision right now that perhaps might affect my future? Maybe I need to be sure that I'm taking the time to make the correct decision for myself if you are a partner of a reflector, give them the time. Do not pressure them into anything. It's not going to go well for you in the long run. Um, giving them time and space to move through their lunar cycle is going to be best for both of you. Um, and this other this other question, how to honor strategy and authority without seeming non-committal or unconfident. Hmm. I think that some conditioning we have about gender roles can play gender roles can play into this. So, if you are a masculine person and you're dating and you're like quote unquote according to society supposed to be sure and confident in this particular way, like right away, you're supposed to just know what you want and go get it. Um I think this can also be true for feminine identifying people, but I think that there's this, you know, masculine, like, conditioning that says, like, you have to know what you want, you have to go get it. You know, saddle up, cowboy. <laughs> is that is that the saying? Um, mm, I think that, you know, the answer is kind of in the question. 
in the sense that, you know, you don't want to seem noncommittal. You don't want to seem like you're not confident, but you are noncommittal and you may not be confident of a decision in the moment and you may need more time. Uh, And so I think that if you are confident in your process and if you are, if you show up and you say, hi, I don't know yet. I need more time. You're just going to have to be okay with that, with the, with that kind of energy of assuredness that this process works for you. Um, if someone doesn't respect that, they are not going to respect your process in the future either, right? Probably. So you want to be yourself confidently. You want to show up confidently in your non-committalness in a way because we're not really here to be so sure, to be so committed to this or to that for all of eternity or whatever. Um, honoring your strategy of waiting a lunar cycle means that you're not going to be able to commit to things right away and having, you know, kind of this undefined sacral and undefined ego. Uh, it's okay if you don't make promises in the way that maybe someone with a defined ego would make, for example, But there is this confidence in knowing who you are that's really attractive to others. And I think we'll come through when you say, hey, this is just how I operate. Like, I'm interested in getting to know you more. Um, Or if you're already in a partnership, like, hey, like, I really love you and I need you to respect me right now. And I think that anyone who doesn't respect that is not for you. So... Yeah, I hope that's helpful. Um, let's see. Did I miss any questions? I've like got this whole list here. It's kind of a mess. Um, hmm. You know what? It's getting long. So I am going to wrap this up with the last comment that I had that came in in the question box, which was, no, I don't have any questions. I'm currently busy loving myself. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I think that our first and most important relationship always needs to be with ourselves. It always needs to be that we're loving ourselves first. If we do not love ourselves we will not know how to receive love from others. If we don't love ourselves, we won't know how to love others. Not really. It's not truly love if we don't love ourselves. And uh, we're never going to love ourselves perfectly. We're never going to love others perfectly or be able to receive love from other people perfectly. But yeah, focusing on that that love for yourself first and that taking care of yourself first and then showing up to the relationship with that self-love that then just like pours out into into the people involved in the relationship whether that relationship is 
you know, three days long or 25 years, it doesn't matter. There are no rules. There are no rules when it comes to relationships. Any rules that you think that you need to follow, again, these are these are uh, conditioning. These are societal norms that we've all kind of been like, yeah, 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 this is normal. This is if we go outside of this, like it's not going to be, we're not going to be accepted or, you know, whatever. So I hope that this has been helpful. Um, if you liked this Q&A episode, let me know. If you have more questions about relationships, let me know because I really would love to do a panel discussion uh, eventually on relationships because I'm just one reflector, like I said in the beginning. And there are so many reflectors with different profiles, different gates, um, different are, that are in different relationships. Um, I know reflectors who are in open relationships or polyamorous relationships. I know reflectors who are monogamous. I know reflectors who are like single and dating and yeah, all of the things. And so there's just a lot of different like life experience that plays into what our preferences and all of that. So guys, thanks so much for being with me and I hope you enjoyed this discussion and I hope that you go and do something nice for yourself and love yourself more because you deserve it. Love you. Bye, guys. See you next time. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in this episode of Reflector Life, the podcast. Please feel free to leave a review, share with a friend, or send in a voice message to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, my name is Amanda Purcell. You can find me at amandapurchell.com or at Reflector Life on Instagram. See you next time. Much love.